We're going over Rhodey's overtime loss on the road against Davidson, as well as their squeak by thanks to Jacob Toppin on the road against upset-minded Fordham. And we look ahead to what next week has in store for the Rams as they host St. Louis and number four Dayton at the Ryan Center. We have it all here, all for you on Ballin' with B Show. And welcome to Season 2, Episode 18 of Ballin' with B-Show. As always, I'm your host, Gavin B-Show. And the Rams had a testy game on last Saturday against Davidson on the road. The first time these two met was at the Ryan Center, and the Rams took care of the Wildcats pretty handedly. They won by, I think, 11 points, or 9 points, rather, 68-59 over the Davidson Wildcats. Kellen Grady obviously didn't have his best game, but I assure you he had a great one against the Rams. He had 21 points and 6 rebounds, as well as last year's A-10 Player of the Year, John Axel Goodmanson. He had 23 points, 12 rebounds, and 4 assists for the Wildcats. And a couple others in Collins, Brajovic and Bochi Yadon, they all had 8 points. The Wildcats shot 43.6% from the field, 35% from three, going seven for 20, and they shot pretty well from the free throw line, making three quarters of their free throw shots, but they did turn the ball over 16 times. The way this game went was very awkward, one that a pace that Radon was not really used to. Davidson came out hot, they made their shots, Radon's shots just weren't falling, and the defense was not helping at the end of that first half. When they needed stops, they couldn't seem to get them. Davidson held on to a 38-30 eight-point lead at halftime, but the Rams, they battled back for sure, and they got as much as a three-point lead with three minutes and 25 seconds left in the second half. They went up 63-60, but then the Rams went down three, 68-65, thanks to a Fats Russell three-point shot with, I think it was eight seconds left. Yeah, eight seconds left, sent this game into OT, and it looked like the Rams could pull away. They had the ball up three, 73-70, with 3.30 left in overtime, but the Rams couldn't hold on as Davidson uses a 7-2 run to end the overtime period, and a three-quarter Tyrese Martin shot rims out as the Rams come home empty-handed, really wanting that win to really secure that at-large bid, but just couldn't get it. For the Rams of Rhode Island, Jeff Down led the team with 21 points and 4 rebounds. Cyril had 14 points, 11 rebounds, double-double for him. Tyrese had 17 points, 5 rebounds, and Fats. Though he hit the game-tying shot, which is huge, he only had 8 points, going 3 for 17 from the field, looking like last year, and did foul out in that overtime period, which was kind of the turning point of that game. The Rams shot in unprecedented 35% from the field, which is making 26 of their 74 shots. Shot 26% from three, not the best, and they made 18 out of 24 attempts from the charity stripe, only turning the ball over eight times. What it really came down to was clutch time defense. They just couldn't get the stops they needed. Whenever they went up three, they took, you know, shots, like heat check shots, which, you know, if those went in, they're good shots to take, but not the best ones you want when you're up three, trying to control the tempo. And then once as you know a missed shot occurs up three, 
Davidson runs right down the court. The defense is not there. They either get easy two points off the foul line or they get an easy bucket off just poor defense. Jeff Doughton played a great game. He had 21 points. He called the you know the blame on himself. He missed the game leading uh, jump shot with around 39 seconds left when the Rams started to foul and they went back and forth with fouls and threes and all that and all that fun stuff. And of course the frustration is near the end. I think the Rams were down one, uh, 76-75 when a missed free throw was tipped out um, to Davidson and Rams had a foul again. And then they went one for two from that line, uh, 77-75, which the Rams could have used differently if they got that rebound and pushed the court up ahead with like around 12 seconds, eh, 10 seconds left, 9 seconds left. They could have got a good look and maybe um, won that ball game. But the Rams last Saturday just didn't, you know, they played an overall well game on offense, but the defense was just, you know, the people you needed to stop. John Axel Goodmanson and Kellen Grady combined for 44 of the team's 77 points. So that's what it comes down to. The Rams got to stop their best players if they want to win that game, and they didn't stop their best players. So that was probably the main factor in a Rams loss. But moving on from then, the Rams, on that bubble, need to win out. Well, not win out, but they, they have a little room for error, except the only game they can lose, afford to lose, is at home against Dayton. So every other game must be a win, including their next matchup, which was last night on the road in the Bronx at Fordham. This game was an odd one. The Rams were going back and forth. The Rams, URI was going back and forth with Fordham. The Rams of URI, of course, had a six-point lead, 41-35 at halftime. They extended that lead to as much as 12 with around 12 minutes left to go in that second half. Rhode Island had that lead, and then it just started dwindling. Point, like minute by minute, the Rams of Fordham got just so much closer until they got a three and a one and one, which put um, Fordham ahead by one, 75-74. The Rams were up to, uh, Rody was up to in that one, and they got it out to Ga- uh, Ertin Ghazi, hit a three, and Fats ran through a screen, uh, gave them the three and the one and one. The one and ones did not go, but Fordham took the lead for the first time in that second half and really was looking like they could win that game. And it came down to the point where Ron was down, 75-74, after a travel by Fordham with 20 seconds to go. Uh, the Rams had Thatch out there looking probably for you know a corner three by Jeff or drive in kick or drive by Fats, who wasn't having his best game either. Um, the Rams had a pick and roll. Antoine Walker got the ball on the wing, wide open. No one guarded him with around nine seconds left. Uh, wide open, but if you're Antoine Walker, haven't been shooting the three ball that well, I don't know how he can shoot that, but he shot it with confidence and bricked horribly. I mean, I think he hit back iron off the backboard. It was just not the best-looking shot, but in the end, it worked out as that ball came right into the hands of Jacob Toppin with around eight seconds left, and he put the ball right back up and got fouled down one and went to the line for two shots. The first one bounced around the rim a couple times and fell, and the second one hit nothing but net. The Rams were up 76-75 with 6.6 seconds left. Of course, Uri was up, and then off a great defensive play, um, a block from behind, just great straight-up defense. The Rhode Island Rams take care of Fordham, which could have been a disaster 
for the for Rhode Island in their NCAA tournament at large hopes one of those losses which you can't have, especially after a Brown loss. You can't have two of those, especially. But Rhode Island squeaks it out. Everyone can ex- exhale and then get on to Sunday. The Rams, though, were missing star forward Cyril Langevin in that one, which is Tyrese Martin having a great day, his best game of his career. He had 24 points and 16 rebounds. Without Cyril, Tyrese made up for a lot of those rebounds. Fats Russell had 15 points and 4 assists. Makai Long had 13 points. Freshman was critical in that game, as without Cyril, they weren't the deepest, and especially at the end of the first half. Fats had 3 fouls, so he only played 11 minutes out of the 11 out of the 20 minutes in the first half. And Jacob Toppin got his, I think, third or no, second start of the year. He had nine points and six rebounds for Rhode Island. Rhode Island shot 43.5% from the field, going 22 for 62. They shot 32% from three, which is around their average, uh, at nine for 28. And they only made 65% of their free throws, going 13 for 20, turning the ball over a solid amount, 14 times, which is not the usual for Rhode Island. On the other side, you had Fordham. They're led by forward Joel Soriano. He had a 14 points. And off the bench, Erton Ghazi, who hit that three to take the lead, uh, he had a 15 points. And Antoine Portley, a guard, at 11 points and four rebounds. Fordham shot 45% from the field and 44% from three-point range, which is really how they got back into that game. They shot nine for 14 from the free-throw line and turned the ball over a lot, 15 Times, but compared to Rodon, not that bad because Rodon turned the ball over 14. That's only a turnover ratio or turnover difference of one. And the Rodon Rams, you know, pride themselves on turnover differential as they are, I think, top number one, number two in the 8 10 when it comes to that stat. But teams like Fordham and Brown, when they shoot 45% from three, 45% from the field, you know, it's going to be a close game no matter what, uh, especially with the amount of shots they took. And against a team like Fordham, which was scoring-wise the best uh, defensive team in the A-10, but also the worst offensive team to let up 75 points, is obviously hideous for Rhode Island. If they want to be an NCAA-caliber team, they can't let up 75 points to the worst team in the conference, who averages around 60. So I, I know without Sorrell it was harder, because there was no real big presence down low, and there was no, um, on both sides, on offense and defense, where you needed a couple put-back boards, um, or whether it be uh, maintaining Soriano, who had a great game. So without Cyril, obviously, it was tough. But going in, Rhode Island should have won by more without it. But hey, a win's a win. I'll take it. If we lose, we're out of the tournament, and we're begging on a A-10 automatic bid, which I don't want to do, because this tournament in the A-10 is going to be a good one. There's going to be a lot of good teams. It's different this year because you have Davidson and VCU, who are not top Probably not going to be top four seeds. They're trying to get in, but you know you have other teams in there, so you're going to have l- better teams at lower seeds, and teams get hot. So it's definitely going to be an exciting one to see. But that one really helped the Rams for their A10 tournament record and their no the A10 conference record uh, kept them at the two seed after Richmond had a scare against George Washington the other night. They pulled out in that game, but. Also, when it comes to the bubble, they stay on that bubble. They are in the last four buys in the last Joe Lenardi bracket. So, the Rams now have to move on. Um, the status of Cyril is unknown. Uh, David Cox said he can hopefully get him back for the St. Louis game, which means it was just a precautionary thing. You're playing Fordham. 
you don't want to underestimate them, but you don't want to risk one of your best players against the worst team in the conference. Almost backfired on the Rams, but nevertheless, on Sunday, they come back to the Ryan Center to play St. Louis. St. Louis is 20-8, and 9-6 and six in the A-10, somewhere in that middle of the pack between 5 and 7. Uh, the seeds 5 and 7. They're led by head coach Travis Ford and guard Jordan Goodwin. He averages 15.5 points a game, 10.5 rebounds. Javonta Perkins, a forward, averages 14.6 points. And Hassan French averages 12.4 points and 10.2 rebounds. The St. Louis Billikens average 45% from the field, 33% from the three-point line, and they turn the ball over only 12.6 times a game. And this is probably the biggest stat going into this game, a must-win for Rhode Island for an at-large bid. St. Louis shoots 58% from the free-throw line. They're like one of the worst teams when it comes to that kind of stat. They cannot seem to get the ball in the hoop from the charity shape. Hassan French has an ugly shot. You think Cyril Langevin's shot's not going to fall? Look at Hassan French. Jordan Goodwin, their best guard, he shoots 55%. I mean, Travis Ford, their head coach, can probably make 9 out of 10 because he's a very good free throw shooter. He was a very good free throw shooter, but this team really can't shoot free throws. Um, so if they're getting a big down low presence, you're going to support subs in like Antoine or Jacob Toppin to foul French down low. Um... And I like playing St. Louis because I feel like we have a chance if we go down to come back by fouling and getting them to the free throw line where it can actually help us and not help them. But you know, never know. They can come out hot. They can hit their free throws, and it could be you know a tough game all game long. But I feel like Rhode Island, you know, can win this game. People, you know, downing them after the last game against Fordham. But hey, it was a big confidence booster for the young guys facing adversity. I feel like if. St. Louis gets a little bit ahead. David Cox has a plan in mind where he tries to get them right to the uh, free throw line and bring back points by points if they're down to come back and win the game. Rhode Island's also going to bet on creating turnovers. Uh, these big men down low, Perkins and French, they're a little sloppy with the ball. So if the Rams can take advantage and pickpocket and create turnovers and run, obviously major key to victory. So getting St. Louis to the free throw line, not the worst-case scenario, probably one of the best-case scenario down low if we're not doing good down low. If Cyril's doing good down low, no need to foul because I'll not take the foul because next thing you know, you'll get someone like Javonta Perkins on the line who's 80% from the free-throw uh, free line. So depending on how the big men play goes, then we'll work on fouling and free-throws and all that stuff, but definitely Rams on offense got to be explosive. Fats Russell has to get hot sooner or later coming into this home stretch if he want to imp if he wants to impact this team in a great way. Jeff Down catching his stride as of late, doing pretty well, as well as Tyrese Martin, who's been playing phenomenal the last couple games. I think he went eight for thirteen against uh Davidson and he had twenty four points, sixteen rebounds against Fordham. So he's getting hot in the right moment. Jeff is doing solid. If we can get fast to start making shots like he was at the beginning of the year and Cyril back on Sunday, I think this team could be very dangerous, not just against St. Louis, but against Dayton and in the A-10 tournament and maybe if they make it in the NCAA tournament. So that game is on Sunday at 2 o'clock on ESPNU at the Ryan Center. And then the Rams, if they can get a win, that would be huge against St. Louis because they'd be 13-3, 21-7, heading into Wednesday night's 9 o'clock matchup. Yes, 9 o'clock, the second half of a doubleheader on CBS Sports against the number four pending any losses um, in those top three 
uh, number four, Dayton Flyers. They are 26-2, and 15-0. This game's been circled on the Rhode Island calendar forever. You coming in for this game, especially when Dayton got hot, people were thinking March 4th, March 4th, March 4th. This is our time. Even though we didn't beat them on the road, they went out to a 17-0 run. They used that crowd. If we can use our own crowd and we can come out hot like they did against us earlier in the year, we can win this game. And I truly think Rhode Island can with the same recipe against uh, St. Louis with that with the offensive recipe, of course, is Fats making shots. Tyrese is getting hot at the right time. Jeff do solid, and Terrell's got to be a beast on the boards. But take a look at the Dayton Flyers. They're led by Anthony Grant, head coach, uh, his third season with the Flyers. Their field goal percentage is still 52%. They shoot 38% from three. They, they're all right. They shoot 72% from the free throw line, which is obviously better than Rhode Island uh, as Rhode Island shoots 69%. But they seem to miss a lot. Like, like Obi Toppin doesn't have the best free throw percentage, uh, which is something to look out for. And they turn the ball over around 12.8 times a game. And, of course, the Flyers led by who I've mentioned before, Obi Toppin, National Player of the Year candidate, right next, right up there with Luke Garza of Iowa. He's a forward. He averages 19.7 points a game, 7.7 rebounds, and 1.3 blocks. An absolute beast. Jalen Crutcher, guard, he can kill you on both sides of the ball. He's averaging 15 points a game, 4.9 assists, and shoots a deadly 42% from three. You thought it was uh, deadly when he had 37% when he first played around. It's gone up 5% since that last meeting. And Trey Landers, of course, he's a guard that can get boards uh, at will. He averages 10.7 points and 6.5 rebounds. Another role player for the Flyers, Ryan Mikesell, who's to look out for. He averages 9 points and 4.8 rebounds. Now, of course, the first tactic against the Rams, against the Flyers for the Rams, was to stop Obi Toppin down low with Jermaine Harris, who's athletic and can, you know, be physical. Uh, and give up fouls because we have Antoine Walker coming off the bench. That obviously didn't work. And if there's a plan on defense for David Cox, I personally think instead of focusing on Obi Toppin, just play him guard up with Jermaine again. All right, he's gonna have some success. Granted, okay, he's gonna have I think 20 plus points, and I can give him 20 plus points. And I think our main concern are two guys, Jalen Crutcher and Trey Landers. If those guys get hot, Obi Toppin's going to get hot once a game, all right? So he's not going to go cold the whole game. So Toppin is going to have a solid 15 points at least. If he plays bad, he'll still have 15. So if we can limit Jalen Crutcher and Trey Landers' points, because if both those get hot, Obi Toppin gets hot at one of those times, it's going to be a disaster for the Rams on defense where they have to focus on three deadly weapons. If they can stop the guards, especially Jalen Crutcher, Trey Landers, you know, he's a big boy uh, as a guard, but he can shoot, he can do a lot of things. Uh, he can be sneaky if he can get hot. But if there's one main goal, it's Jalen Crutcher. You've got to limit his touches and limit his open looks. He's got to make contested shots, and that's that. So the goal is to make him take as much as contested shots as possible. So they hope for a couple misses, get a couple boards. Rodon's got to keep Crutcher under 15 points and Landers under 10. Because Obi Toppin can't do it by himself. As good as he is, he can't go out and put up 60 against Rhode Island because the, Rhode Island's a good defensive team and not that it's pretty possible that Obi Toppin gets 60 points because he can't. He's going to have to work, out, work with Mike Sell, Chapman, and Cohill to get stuff rolling and I think that's going to be hard as coming into a, a hostile environment and them being you know younger players 
uh, except Mike Zell, of course, um, it's going to be harder for them to adjust. So if they can limit Jalen Crutcher, Jalen Crutcher has to be on lockdown, number one. Number two lockdown, Trey Landers, number three, Obi Toppin. I'll give Obi Toppin 25 points. I'll give him 30 points as long as we keep Jalen Crutcher under 15 and Landers under 10. That gives us a, that gives him a max of like 55 points. That means Mike Sell's got to have a solid game. That means Cohill's got to have a solid game. And that means that Chapman has to have a solid game as well, as well as E.B. Watson. Can't forget about him. So I sound like a broken record. But we've got to stop Jalen Crutcher like he's the best player on the team. Once that happens, Toppin won't be passing to Crutcher as much. He's got to rely on guys like Mike Sell and Chapman, who, you know, have been in big moments, but not as, like, clutch ready as Crutcher is. So I think for the Rams, number one concern is Jalen Crutcher. Number two concern is Trey Landers. Because if those guys get hot, uh, combined with Obi Toppin, that is scary looking. So contain the guards uh, all across the court. Uh, limit their three-point shots and contest as many shots as possible. No easy, no easy looks for Crutcher or Landers. And then Toppin, of course, will have a good game. Um, if he doesn't, the Rams should win if they lock down Crutcher and Landers. So, moving on from that, we've gone over the Dayton game, the St. Louis game, and the last two games for the Rams. We're going to move on to the A-10 outlook. Looking at the standings, Rhode Island is in second place behind Dayton, who's number four in the nation, they are 15-0 in the conference, 26-2 overall. Rhode Island at 12-3 in the conference, one game ahead of Richmond, who's 11-4, one game ahead of St. Bonaventure, who's 10-5, who just lost the 9-6 Duquesne Dukes last night. Davidson at 9-6, and as well as St. Louis. UMass at 7-8, VCU drops to 7-8, not having a good year, but against UMass, they did lose last night, but they were missing Vince Williams, Marcus Evans, and more um, for that VCU squad that's just been struggling with injuries all year round uh, in this conference schedule. George Washington at 6-9. Then you have George Mason and LaSalle at 4-11. And, and then Fordham and St. Joseph's at 1-14. The Rams just need to hope for a Richmond loss. Now, see, the reason why that Davidson game was so big was that a win for the Rams put them two games above Richmond, basically securing them with a two-seed because very likely the Rams can go 2-1 and one in these last three games after Dayton. They got UMass next Saturday. Hopefully, they can beat St. Louis and UMass to lock those up. But if Richmond wins out, which could happen, they've got UMass, Davidson, who's gotten hot at the right time, and Duquesne, who's getting hot. I mean, Richmond, you know, I think has a 50-50 shot of finishing undefeated. And the Rams have like a 40-60 shot because they played Dayton. Um, actually, more like 30-70 because they're not easy games. Uh, the St. Louis game and on the road against UMass, as you know, they have Trey Mitchell and he's doing unbelievable as of late. So the Rams need to make... Uh, the most out of these opportunities against UMass and St. Louis. They got win those two games, and hopefully they can beat Dayton at home. That would lock them in. Three straight wins for the Rams would lock them in no matter what uh, happens in the A-10 tournament. But, of course, I'm thinking the highest likely probability, I hope it doesn't happen, I hope they go 3-0, but I'm just saying the highest probability is that the Rams go 2-1. and And this means they have to make a little bit of a run in the A-10. They've got to beat. The first team, whoever they play on Friday, and whoever they play on 
Thursday uh, on Saturday, if it's Richmond, I think they have to win that game, or else they're going to be looking first four, maybe not even in the tournament, um, when it comes to selection Sunday. So I think if the Rams make it to the championship game and they go two and one in the next three, they're in. They're safely in as a ten or eleven seed. Uh, I think I'm more think them more of a ten, personally. Um, if they go three zero. Um, and they lose Friday, probably in that same place where they'd be if they two and one and make it. Uh, actually, maybe around close to the first four. But if they can go th- three and zero and they lose Friday, I think they're in safely as an eleven seed. If they go three and zero, they win the A ten championship. They can get it high as a seven or maybe even a six seed. I think being number four Dayton, and I think the Rams, the most probable two and one make the finals. But three and zero make the semifinals, probably an eight and nine seed. So that's what I think of the Rams. But it's the A-10 segment, isn't it? So we're going to look at the games uh, from last week in the A-10 that were big. Didn't really go over them a lot because we had that Hassan Martin interview. But nevertheless, St. Louis at home crushed VCU 80-62. to On Saturday, of course, you had Davidson beat Rhode Island. Dayton have a scare against Duquesne. Duquesne was up two at halftime, but Dayton pulled away, won that game. By 10, thanks to Obi Toppin's 28 points and 7 rebounds. UMass defeats Fordham on the road by 8. LaSalle defeats Saint, uh, uh, George Washington. St. Joseph's takes the L to George Mason, who wins by 7. And St. Bonaventure taking that crucial W over Richmond to 75-71. On this Tuesday, this past Tuesday, Dayton almost lost to George Mason, who played very well against the Flyers. Dayton won that one 62-55, and Davidson just manhandled the LaSalle Explorers 74-49. And, of course, last night you had Rhode Island and Fordham, where Rhode Island won that one by one, topping with those two free throws. Duquesne defeats St. Bonaventure in overtime, 81-77. Richmond only wins by three, escapes the Berg, 73-70 victory over George Washington. UMass defeats VCU, 60-52 VCU only scored 19 points in that second half. They lost by 8. And St. Louis takes care of St. Joseph's 76-63. Looking ahead to this week on Friday, you have um, the lone game of the night on ESPN2. Davidson travels to Dayton. So a bit of scouting can happen there for Rodon Rams fans um, out there. As Davidson's getting hot, see how Dayton plays them there. Favored, actually, by 11 points. Then on Saturday, Fordham plays St. Joseph's. St. Bonaventure travels to LaSalle. George Washington goes to VCU, UMass at Richmond, and George Mason at Duquesne. Nothing special there. Favorites should win in all of those, except Fordham-St. Joe's. That one could be a very good contest, I'm just saying. And then on Sunday, the lone game on Sunday at 2 o'clock is St. Louis traveling to Rhode Island, which is a big game in the A-10. And then on Tuesday, Davidson travels to Richmond, which is big for Rhode Island, as Richmond's right behind them chasing their tail, as well as Duquesne traveling to VCU. Big for Duquesne more than is VCU, as VCU 7-8. and eight. They're not really in the conversation at all. And now you have Duquesne, who needs a win against on the road against VCU. It's going to be tough, but that's going to be two good games on Tuesday night to watch. And then on Wednesday, of course, you have the big game. Number four, Dayton traveling to Rhode Island. Fordham travels to George Washington. St. Louis travels to George Mason. UMass travels to LaSalle. And St. Joe's travels to St. Bonaventure. Nothing really eye-opening besides, of course, the Dayton-Rhode Island game. So that's going to be your A-10 update. We're going to quickly get into Power 5 games. I didn't get into much last week. But there were a few, uh, uh, you know, solid, uh, good amount of Power 5 and Big East games last week. 
Iowa last Thursday to defeat number 25, Ohio State, 85-76. In the, the game of the decade, according to Joe Lenardi, number three, Kansas, goes on the road to number one, Baylor, and takes the victory last Saturday, 64-61. BYU, number 23 in the nation, gives the Gonzaga Bulldogs their second loss, their first one since Michigan in the battle for Atlantis. The number 23 BYU Cougars win 91-78 to over the number 2 Gonzaga Bulldogs. PC upsets number 19 Marquette, 84-72, and UNLV hands number 4 SDSU San Diego State their first loss on the road. UNLV goes in to San Diego State and stuns the crowd there, winning that one by 3. And on Tuesday, FSU, number six, shows that they are the best team in the ACC, winning by 15, 82, 67 over number 11, Louisville. And I just want to, you know, point this out. Ever since FSU lost to the Oakland Zoo, to Pitt in their first game, they weren't ranked, they lost. And I said how FSU stinks, all their athletic stinks. They, I think, are 24-3 in the last 27 games. So I don't want to say it's all like my fault because um, I don't want to give myself all the credit. That's why they're good now. Ever since I said they stinks, they obviously heard the podcast, and they obviously said, man, this kid's right, so we should start winning. And they did. So I don't want to say it's 100% of me, but probably 99-99% uh, is why they are winning now because I said they stunk. And then Wake Forest upset number seven Duke in overtime, 113-101. This upcoming week, you got a lot of good games, especially tonight. You have big Pac-12 implications. Number 12, Colorado, goes on the road to Cal, who's a bubble team right now. Number 16, Penn State, travels to number 18, Iowa, on Saturday, as well as number one, Kansas, travels to Kansas State in a rematch in the Sunflower Showdown, which, as you guys remember from January, these two teams got in a big fight, which a couple players did get suspended in. Number 15, Auburn travels to number 8. Kentucky, big game there on CBS when it comes to SEC implications. And then St. Mary's travels to number 3, Gonzaga, who dropped to number 3 from number 2. Big for Dayton. If St. Mary's can pull off the upset on the road, Dayton's looking at to be a top 3 team in the nation coming into roadie. If they can get that win against Davidson Friday night. And then number 22, Texas Tech travels to number 2, Baylor. And number 17, Nova, on Wednesday. Charles, number 13, Seton Hall. A lot of good Big East games, a lot of good Big Ten games. I didn't mention I didn't want to go through them quick. But the Big Ten, man, is a strong conference. Looking to see if they can get 10 teams from the Big Ten into the NCAA tournament. A lot of great games in that one. Uh, too many to announce. So that's going to be it for this podcast. Rhode Island coming off a 1-1 week. Trying to get back on a win streak, especially starting with St. Louis on Sunday. Hopefully they can get Cyril back and get a win against a very tough St. Louis team going into Wednesday's night's matchup at 9 o'clock on senior night. Nonetheless, senior night, Jeff Dowen and Cyril could be the last home game uh, of their rounds career uh, against number 4, Dayton, who's going to come in with some swagger after they cr- they crushed us after starting on a 17-0 run uh, back in early February. The Rams can run and if they need if they want to get hot they should get hot right now they were hot during that 10 game win streak but a hot streak starting against st louis would be a huge confidence booster uh, a lot of fans are going to be there going um on sunday uh at two o'clock at the ryan center on espn uh, espnu and after that game 
The Rams host number 14 pending any losses in the nation, depending on Monday's AP poll and what Dayton does against Davidson. They play the number four team in the country at the Ryan Center, the biggest game at the Ryan Center probably since St. Joe's and Jameer Nelson came into town, and the Rams lost that one by a possession. I think it was one one or two points against the number one team in the nation, St. Joe's, near the end of that season back in 2004. Big implications this week. I'm ready for it. And after this week, Rodon comes in that home stretch. They have that one game against UMass next Saturday, and then they've got the A-10 tournament. Stay tuned for all of it. It's going to be madness. It's going to be crazy. And of course, it's going to be amazing. Trust me in that one. I can't wait for what we have in store for us in these next couple of weeks. And stay with me on this one because it's going to be one heck of a ride. And that's going to be it for tonight's episode. Of course, stay tuned for next Thursday's episode and episodes uh, beyond that in the later weeks. Because I'm telling you, when the A-10 tournament comes around, things are going to get crazy. If you stayed to the end, thank you so much for listening. And as always, roadie, roadie, roadie.